Welcome to The Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. Hello and welcome to this today's episode of The Wealth Standard Radio. Uh, I'll be your host today, Brad Gibb, and I'm joined by the one and only Ryan Lee. The one and only. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Brad? Good. I'm excited about the topic that we've got uh, this uh, and I'm I'm excited that that you and I get to talk about it. It's it's a new year, means you know for a lot of people new beginnings, wipe the slate clean, and uh, a lot of goal setting, New Year's resolutions, all those things. I know we're already seven days into the month, so half of you have probably already given up on <laughs> on your New Year's resolutions. Um, but hopefully that's not the case. But today we're going to talk about that idea mainly around goal setting and uh, how to kick off your year right. Perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it, too. I, I know that uh, this is really an exciting time of year for most people mm-hmm. who set goals and, and set new ambitions for, for 2015. So the start of year is always a fun time to talk about what you want to achieve. Yep. And before we get too much into it, let's let's take care of the housekeeping items. Um, this is the Well Standard Radio. Um, you can visit us on the website, wellstandard.com, to, to learn more about what we do. You can also visit our, um, our company's website at paradigmlife.net. If you have any questions, there's contact us information there. Um, we've always got new. We've got launched recently a new resources page where we've got j- everything we've done from webinars and and uh, podcasts and blogs and there's just tons and tons and tons of information up there. So if you haven't uh, checked that out in a while, go see what's new there. And then we've got a lot, you know, in line with this, we we did a company goals kind of kickoff meeting at the beginning of this week and talked about all the all the great things that are to come this year. So um, make sure that you're regularly checking out the website. There's going to be all kinds of new stuff all year long uh, that we're going to be rolling out. So I'm excited about what we've got. No doubt. It's going to be an exciting year. So, um, But to, on, on topic today, the reason that, that Ryan and I decided to talk about this is, is we've spent a lot of time in the last couple of years um, setting goals and working with each other together on um, you know, improvement and, and achieving everything that we've wanted to. And then, you know, outside of that, I think we were both fairly goal-oriented people uh, just all the way through our lives. So hopefully we'll be able to share some insights that will be useful um, and then obviously tie that back into some of what we do um, what we do here at Paradigm. And, and our assumption is I think a lot of our listeners are either seasoned goal setters that, that do this on a regular basis or – there are people wanting to get more in control of what they're doing, and that obviously is going to entail that goal-setting mentality. So I think this is going to be relevant to just about everybody that's listening. Absolutely. You know, it's it's interesting with goal-setting how, how much it can do for your life, and I think that's what we're going to talk about today is, is you know, the actions of goal-setting and really the outcome and the whys and all of that kind of stuff. So it's an exciting topic. Yep, and there's there's a thousand different directions you can go. There's a hundred books on it. There, yeah. There's everything there. So we're going to try to share a little bit of what what we've done <clears throat> that, that's made that process a little more successful for us. And let's start by kind of sharing what what we're going to be focusing on today. You brought a book to my attention that said, hey, Brad, let's read this together. There, I think this will help move our goals and objectives to that next level. What yeah. was that? So it, it was the miracle morning. And I'm trying to remember how I got turned on to it. Someone shared it with me. Uh, you know, I felt like, you know, as I was wrapping up 2014 and kind of reviewing all the things that I wanted to accomplish and all the things I did accomplish, I felt like I needed more time, right? And I don't know if anyone out, out there has felt that way before that you need more time to accomplish mm-hmm. all the things you want to accomplish. 
and it was a really timely book, right? It came, it came to my attention, and uh, it's all about the morning and how to take advantage of the morning. So as I started reading it, it felt like a perfect solution and a perfect kickstart to 2015. Uh, so that, that's kind of how we started was with The Miracle Morning. Yeah, and what, what, what is The Miracle Morning, just briefly? So it's a book written by a man, and I think his name is Hal Elrod. Elrod, yep. yeah. Really inspiring uh, individual, uh, his story. But it's, it's a book about how you can transform your mornings and how you can really jumpstart your entire day by taking purposeful advantage now, Ryan, of your morning. Does this involve getting up early? <laughs> yes, it does. Ah, <laughs> stay on the line. There's some really good stuff here, but keep going. Yeah, so absolutely. I mean, you, and you know, he talks about you can do your miracle morning, you can kind of transform it to any time that fits you. Uh, but for many people, it's the morning. And uh, so for, for me, and I think for us in general, it was a great opportunity to, to kind of look at what we've been doing and, and add another element to it. So for the Miracle Morning, it's all about how to get up, how to do a few simple activities to kind of get your mind and your body jump-started, and how to, to really create more time to achieve goals that you have. Yeah, and, and it was perfect timing for us. I think that's what needed to be revamped in, in what we were doing. The, you know, reading the book and going through some of the website and content they have there, um, and you should go check it out on Amazon or, or check out his website, but it wasn't anything new to me or revelatory. It wasn't, we've all heard successful people get up in the morning. There's, you know, early bird gets the worm, however you want to say it. So none of that was really, really new. The big impact that it had on me was it wasn't just wake up early and, and do something extra. Right or or you know you have that extra time. It really was a process of accomplishing a lot of small things that I wanted. I wanted to do all of these things anyway. He talked about meditation. He talked about prayer. If if you're a spiritual person, or just he even talked about just a moment of quiet quiet silence. Gratitude. And, yep. He talked about gratitude. He talked about journaling. He talked about reading and mm -hmm. personal development, and all those areas that when you add them up, that's seven or eight things that you're like there's. I don't have time to really do each of those things. But the way he took all of those concepts and said, Look, you don't need to spend 30 minutes on each of them or an hour on each of them. You can, you know, he has a six minute miracle morning where you do one for each minute. And, and, you know, so if you're, pre if you have any prep press for time that morning, you can do it. The objective is an hour uh, to try to do it, but breaking up and getting all of those things going that then brings the, the benefit and the power of all those individual pieces all, all together. So that to me was the unique approach to it that I did like. And I've taken, I think we're kind of both working on this, but I've taken some of the pieces that I want to focus on more and, and given a little bit more time to that. And the ones that I want to just kind of hit and do, I can do really quick. You know, my meditation isn't 20 minutes. It's, it's just five minutes. Yeah. You know, my, my moment of silence is, is really quick. My moment of gratitude is really quick. And then I get on to, to the areas that I do need to focus on. But it has been, for me, in only seven days, been, been pretty impactful to see, in, you know, including all those little pieces, what a, what a big impact that can have. Absolutely. And <clears throat> the, way, the way I look at it, and really the exciting part is the momentum it generates, you know, by... 8 a.m. in the morning, mm -hmm. it's amazing how much I feel like I've already accomplished on, on what I consider my bigger purposes, my bigger goals in life. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I'm ready to start my day, I already I'm fired up. I have energy. I'm excited because I've accomplished. I've put time, effort and energy to the goals that I've set. And, and one of the things that I, I felt like I was falling short on 
in 2014 is just didn't have the time set aside mm -hmm. to accomplish some of the goals that I had. Mm -hmm. and, and this was kind of a force in the right direction to create time. And yes, you do get up early. Yep. Uh, getting up at five, uh, you know, is a, is a challenge. But once you get, get going and kind of get over the hump, it's, it's exciting. Yep. So th this is going to segue nice. I mean, th the reason we wanted to talk about that was <clears throat> to give some of the backstories to why, you know, what we've been talking about most recently. But what we want to transition to now is just talk about some of either what we've learned from the book as we've started to implement some of that or just some of our goal-setting best practices. Sure. Um, now, this is in no way comprehensive. It's in no way a formula that everybody should follow. It's just is what work, what's working for us now. Um, my goal setting has changed. It's never the same process. It's always fluid, and, and, and it should be because your goals are, are always changing. If you're setting the same goals every year, I think you're doing something wrong because you're either not challenging yourself or you're not accomplishing anything. So it, it's not having the purpose it should. So it, it's always changing, but we just thought it would be useful for, for listeners to to hear you know five or six of the best practices that we've learned um, as far as goal settings, and then we'll and then we'll bring that back into specifically you know, some of the financial areas, because obviously that, that's, that's ultimately what we, what we help other, other people with. But um, what's the, let, let's, Ryan, let's start with you. What's one of the best, you know, your top best practices that has come out in, in this year's version of your goal setting? You know, I think it's kind of been an evolution uh, for me over the last couple of years, but a few of the best practices that, that I'll share is kind of going back to that time, you know, mm -hmm. if you're going to set a goal, uh, I've found that for me, it's important to remove yourself from the day-to-day -day activities, the, you know, just your, your usual situation, your, your surroundings. Mm -hmm. Get yourself separated and kind of clear your mind, you know, really discover what's the purpose. Why? I mean, why would we even set a goal to begin with? Mm -hmm. You know, a goal in and of itself is designed to make us uncomfortable. So why do we want to push ourselves and become uncomfortable? So for me, a best practice is, you know, towards the end of the year, I always like to remove myself from my family, from my work environment, from, you know, my, my normal life setting and just get out where I can be quiet, introspective and really kind of pat myself on the back for the things I did well last year and look at areas that I want to improve on and really kind of connect with the why. So this year, um, you know, well, almost every year I, I kind of I like to get out in nature, uh, get mm -hmm. out in the mountains, and, and kind of just remove myself to where a quiet place and really get intro introspective. And so that's one of the things I did to set my goals for this year. Okay. So that's kind of setting the platform or the location to, to, to kind of sit down and go through it. Yeah. Right? I think that's great. Get quiet, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and get you're right. Get out of the, the distractions and the noise of every day. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's, that, that's definitely a good thing. It, one of mine that goes with that that this was one of the first years in a long time that I've done that is I sat and I, the first thing I did was take stock of where I am. Because mm -hmm. if we think about goals, it, goals are where we want to be. But if we don't know where we are, then we don't know how far we, we need to go. And I kind of look at that. We need to measure that gap, right? How far away from where we want to be or where we think we can be you know, are we currently? And without sitting down and saying, this is what I've accomplished. This is what, you know, I pulled out my goals from last year and, and went through them. This is what I achieved. This is what I didn't. This is, you know, what stood in my way. And, and now I, I've got a good feeling for where I am. And now I can look across that canyon and say, okay, how far is the gap to, to who I want to be? Yeah. And, and the importance of that gap really is that it, it, how far away you are from where you want to be is really going to be the measurement of how much effort or how much mental change or whatever you want to call it is going to be required 
for you to accomplish what you want to accomplish. If you're really close to where you are, we're just making you know small adjustments. If there's a huge chasm there, you're going to have to look around and say, okay, I, I've got to make some big changes. I've got to really find what's keeping me from being you know who I want to be. So so that for me was up, up you know as I took that time separated, I it was this was a good year to sit down and see what did we accomplish? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great opportunity to kind of take stock of where you're at today, Mm -hmm. where you want to be, and then start to set those incremental steps to get from A to B and then B to C and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another one that that's a best practice. And, you know, I had heard this for many, many years and, you know, I don't know if I fully bought into it in the past, but I definitely am a big believer of it now. You know, you and I, Brad, we've been setting goals together for about three years now, Uh right? And uh, you mentioned that we were both goal-oriented people before that, uh, which which I I was, you know, and I set goals pretty frequently in my life. Well, you know, very frequently, but without an accountability partner, without someone there that I I actually disclosed my goals to and I told them what I was trying to do and I asked for help in holding me accountable, uh, you know, I didn't always accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. And I've noticed a big change in the last three years, a big improvement in just the success or the outcome of those goals as you've been holding me accountable, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I tell you what I'm trying to achieve. I tell you what I'm going to do. You kind of help me, you know, spitball ideas and, and ways to fine-tune those goals. But more importantly, I re- you know, I report to you. I tell you what my progress is, and you you kind of hold me accountable for my f- lack and, you know, praise me for my for, for what I'm doing well. And it's it's been a big, a big help for me in goals. Yep, I think if there's any best practice we're going to touch on, that for me also is is the biggest one, and the one that I think is probably missing for most people because we're not we're not used to sharing our goals. We feel that's very intimate. That we feel that's very we want to protect that or keep it secret. Um, and it, it it took me a little bit of getting comfortable with this idea of okay, I'm I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And just by just the first year, we didn't really do a lot of follow up. Yeah. But we did sit down and, and we said, this is what we're going to do. And just knowing that that I had told somebody else, uh, that somebody else, you know, that, that made it real right? outside of just telling me. So your accountability partner can be anybody. It can be your spouse. It can be a friend. It can be a family member. Um, but having that, I, I think, is huge. And the biggest thing in ours that you, you want to find somebody that you trust and somebody that is a net positive to your life. So it can't be somebody who's going to, if you're afraid of being, um, like there has to be a trust level there because one of the biggest things I get from you is I'll say a goal and you'll say, no, that's not enough. Or you'll say, well, you poke holes in it and push back and, and really challenge me. Are you really going to do that? That's a big goal. Are you really going to do it? And if so, what are you going to, you know, you even said on a couple of them, what are you going to get rid of to do that one? Because I don't see how you have time for it. So somebody that can be really candid and honest but that I won't, I never felt threatened. I only felt that you were out for my own benefit. Yeah. So as you're looking for an accountability partner, find somebody that you can have an open and honest conversation with without feeling threatened like you have to put up a wall. Um, but that, you know, those are some of the areas of, you know, successful. And then we follow up, we follow up quite frequently because we happen to work together. So we can set a time regularly. But I'd say if you have an accountability partner, set up a meeting at a minimum once a month. Yeah. Um, the more frequently you can measure your progress, the quicker you can change. So if, if you only meet every six months and you happen to find you're off track, well, it took you six months to realize that. Whereas if you can do that every month, you can be making those small course corrections every single month. If you can meet every single, you know, every other week, you can be making those course corrections even faster. So the more frequently you can meet, the better. But I'd say at least 
try to find someone you can have a meeting with. And it doesn't have to be face-to-face. Our first goal setting war was virtual. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be somebody that, that is, you know, we, there's all kinds of resources now that, that you can do that virtually. Well, and, and part of our accountability now is just text messaging, mm-hmm. text messaging, right? I mean, in the morning when we're waking up at 5 a.m. together, we're not together, but you text me, I text you, and we kind of hold each other accountable to, to waking up and, and kind of help help jumpstart the day. And man, without that, this morning, I w- I've got... <laughs> I've got a couple little kids at home and it was a long night and I had told myself, nah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to skip it. But at five Oh five, your text came in. I thought, okay, all right. I can't, you know, I can't go back. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. So huge finding those ways, those little motivators that, um, that, that keep you on track. Absolutely. You know, an- another thing that I've, I've kind of learned as I've, I've done goal setting, you know, oftentimes when we, when we set the goal, We'll set it very specific, right? That's kind of the art of goal setting. Mm-hmm. You know, be as specific as you can so you can focus on it. One of the things I've noticed is once you set that s- specific goal, it's okay to kind of step back and let go a little bit and, and have confidence in the journey, have confidence mm-hmm. in the process, and know that, you know, s- success isn't always a straight line. It isn't always yep. a road. In fact, it, it bounces all over the place. Mm-hmm. And setting a goal is really kind of establishing the intention. You, you kind of talked about the Grand Canyon. If you're on one side of the Grand Canyon and you know you want to get to the other side, a goal might take you to the left, to the right, up, down. It might take you in all, in all mm-hmm. kinds of different directions. But to be okay with the journey, to be okay with, with you know, the twists and turns that a goal will actually naturally provide because that's the journey and the path that progress is leading you on. Yeah, and, and a similar one to that, I always, one thing I struggled with on goal setting was – getting a concrete idea of where I wanted to be. I, I, there were a lot of things that I didn't really know. I just knew I needed to get better. I needed to make an effort. And then I would kind of find what success would have meant. So part of, I know you wanted to make goals, you know, there's the smart, you know, yeah. specific, measurable, what, attainable, um, you know, timely or whatever. Realistic, it, timely. Know, yeah, yeah all, the, all those things. And, and I, not to discount any of those, those are all good. I've done them all and, and they helped. Like I said, every year is going to be a little different. But one thing I learned last year and I'm bringing into this year was there were a number of goals where all I needed to do was set an input goal. Um, you know, a specific example is, is, is my workouts. Rather than saying I want to bench press this or back squat this or, you know, do whatever with, it, with a workout, my physical goal right now is just to show up at the gym. And if I just show up four days a week, once I'm there and doing it, I'm going to get out of it enough. And that to me is my success right now. And some of the goals are just, and, the, and they can be, you know, sub goals to a bigger goal as well. But there has to be, you have to think about what effort is going to be required to be able to get the result and set a goal around what I'm going to do. Because if we're doing, it's amazing how much really gets accomplished. And even if it's just small chunks, 10 minutes a day or one day a week or whatever it is, it's amazing when you look back three and six months later how, how much you were able to accomplish just by saying, I'm, I'm going to start. I'm yeah. going to do it. Well, it's kind of that law of momentum, right? Uh, once you get going on something, the inputs, you'll, you'll have energy. You know, you show up that one day, you accomplish it. So you, you're, you know, you have energy that comes from that and then that rolls into the next and the next and the next. And before you know it, you can look back and say, the result might not have been what I thought it was going to be. Or even maybe you didn't even set the result. Like you said, you focus yep. on the input, but the fact that you focus on the input, it will take you forward. It will it will lead to progress. And that, that's an exciting thing about goals, mm-hmm. 
is progress is exciting. It provides energy and it helps us move forward as human beings. And I think all of us, you know, I always envision life as kind of like this escalator, right? I, I don't think it's possible to stay in a static location in life. Mm -hmm. You're either progressing, you're either going forward, you're either accomplishing or you're digressing. There's really no static level status quo in life. And, and so the, the nature or the act of goal setting is really the, the purposeful life. You know, th that's part of the new year. When you, look, when you think about life, it's kind of like a new chapter. And in this chapter of your life, in this book of your life, are you the author of it? Or are you, you know, are you the victim of circumstance, I guess you might yeah. put it. And, and goal setting enables you to be the author. Cool. Um, so one other thing that we started to do this year, which is a first for me, I don't know if you had done it before, it was first for me, was we, we went through and set our goals, and then we created an affirmation along with each goal. Because reading goals eventually my mind would just kind of numb to it if it was a number, you know, whatever it would be, X amount in income this year or X number of things that I would have done or whatever it is. Eventually your mind just kind of becomes numb and that number loses its importance. Yeah. So a specific goal, we have to have some specific goals, but if they're, it, it, like I said, it can, it can numb your mind on it if you just look at that same thing every day. So we created affirmations that told us if we did that, this is the type of person that we would become. This is why we set that goal. And really what I'm reading to myself every morning now isn't, isn't just the number, but it's, it's who I am yeah. or, or what I'm striving to become and why that goal is important to me. And that's, I haven't have, it, have them all written yet for the goals I've set, but that has really started to make me own those goals and be more excited, more internalize them. Yeah. I think that was your idea. It was, it was fantastic. Well, you know, I think this started from a book that we read a couple of years ago, right? The Master Key System. And it mm -hmm. talks all about, you know, in our mind, right? In our mind, there's two different components of our mind. There's a subconscious and there's a conscious. And oftentimes we set goals very consciously. We set a number, we set a date, we set, you know, something specific that we can focus on. And that's mm -hmm. a conscious effort. But to bridge that gap, to bridge that, that gap, you know, the Grand Canyon, it's primarily a subconscious activity. And the affirmation is, is the ability to, to start to program your subconscious mind to believe that you can become or that you are the actual person that you're working on becoming. And so it kind of bridges the gap between the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. And I, I, I started doing that last year. I started getting into affirmations last year. And that was it's a, big, a big thing, you know, and yeah. you kind of go back to the books and the, the big authors on goal setting and that's something that they talk about all the time yep so for each goal we set we set something that was measurable whether it was an input or an output mm -hmm. and then we had an affirmation with it and then we we ended it with some type of accountability yeah. so how would we know that we were being successful how were we going to report that to each other so each goal had those three components this year and i'm excited about the the benefit that that's that that's going to provide and we wrote them down, right? And, and yeah. that, that's—I think—that's a big thing. I mean, if you look at—if you look at the 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 mechanism of goal setting, there's kind of there's three parts, right? Mm -hmm. There's actually having the why, why you're why you're setting the goal. There's writing the goal down, you know, actually focusing on what the goal is, mm -hmm. and then there's you know really doing the goal. And all, when you have all three of them put together, you can you can kind of measure progress in all, all of the areas. Yep. And to add to that, so to move to kind of another best practice, the. You mentioned kind of the subconscious idea of this. Um, I did a lot of reading last year on willpower. Mm. And it, it's really interesting how very, very little willpower any of us have. And 
so I think everybody's fallen into this where you get up, you set a goal. I'm going to run three miles a day. You do it the first day, you do it the second day, and then the third day, you know, you never do it again, right? Case in point, really funny this morning. So it's Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Wednesday, the first week of of, um, of the new year. And uh, they always talk about, you know, what happens at the gym, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to the gym on Monday, and it was packed. Couldn't even find a place to park. Yeah. Went to the gym on Tuesday. It was still kind of packed. Went to the gym today. Man, I had half Coast the parking down. lot open. <laughs> it was yep. kind of funny. Yep. And, and so as we're setting the goals, if we realize we need to – automated as, as much as possible yeah. we need to put things so uh, you know a couple things there a, a study that that uh, one of the books that i read cited it was it was interesting they had two groups of people they put cookies or you know some temptation in front of them and they just said don't eat them and then measured how long it took before somebody you know ate them um and they had a control group that they just put in the room and you know watch the tv and then just wait as long as you can before you have one and then they had another group, before they went in the room, they stuck their hands in buckets of ice water and held them in there as long as they could. And then they put them in the room and said, don't eat those. And they all ate them way faster. So they, because they used up a portion of their, their willpower to resist something. Yeah. And so when we do goal setting, if, if something is in our way that we have to consciously choose each time, we're wearing that down. Whereas if we can make something automated or processed, then... It's going to happen. Another example of that is is another guy talked about his twenty second rule. If he wants to do something, but that I like, he wanted to get you know, play his guitar every night, uh, practice the guitar, and it was in his closet more than twenty seconds away from him. And if it was more than twenty seconds away, he wasn't. That was there was too much resistance. Similarly, if you wanted to stop doing something, he wanted to watch less TV. He took his remote and purposely put it on his bedside table which was more than 20 seconds away and there were a lot of times that resistance made it to where where he you know unconsciously would have grabbed the remote and turned the tv on the fact that he had to get up gave him the time to think and 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 have that willpower and determination so like one example with our goal setting you know we have personal development reading that that we set some goals around and it was always hard to find time and get a book and have the next one ready and all of that so we subscribed to audible put the book, you know, bought the books, put them in there. We have four or five already lined up, ready to go. And it's an automatic thing. I get in my car, hit play. And I listen to that on, you know, to and from work. And it's an automatic thing. Now I don't have to think about it. Where before, once I ran out, you know, ended a book, I find another one and upload it to my phone and get it ready. Or, and there were just, there were too many things that were more than 20 seconds away or there was too much resistance to achieving it. Yeah. And and so the more you can automate and make something automatic, a lot of people talk about, you know, sleep in your gym clothes or have your shoes out or you know whatever it is, try to set yourself up for success so you don't have to make those decisions because every time we have to make a conscious decision, it it wears at our ability to to continue to to push back that resistance. Yeah, and I think I think that's a perfect example of really what a what's um, what a goal is designed to do. If you're really going to make that successful, mm-hmm. eventually you have to turn it into a habit. Where it's you know just like getting in your car. I mean, you could do it with your eyes closed. It probably wouldn't be the safest thing, right? <laughs> but you know how to do it, right? I yep. mean, you get in, you buckle your seatbelt, you turn, put the key in the ignition, and you go. And oftentimes. It's interesting when you're driving, your mind can be thinking about something completely different, but yet you make all the right turns, you end up where you're supposed to be because it is a habit. Mm-hmm. And the art of successful goal setting is taking something that's uncomfortable, taking something that's new, 
uh, taking something that stretches us and turning it into a habit. And the more you can automate that, the more you can you can really focus on the inputs, the more you can really turn that into a, an automatic effort where you don't have to focus so much on all of the extra time and energy and effort that it takes to to do that goal. Yep, and that's why the the constant review of goals and the more frequent review of goals will help in that. Because yeah. if you're not making any progress, you want to think and say, okay, what do I need to put in place so that I can make progress toward that? And that's where you set those smaller incremental goals. Like I don't ever really set incremental goals at the beginning of the year. I set my big long-term, you know, one-year, five-year, 10-year type stuff. And then it's every time we meet and talk, well, this is working, this isn't working, I'm not getting as much traction here. And we talk about, well, you could update this, you could change that, you know, this seems to be the resistance. And and that, that process all the way through is what, what begins. Then you start working on making it a habit to where you're not even thinking about it. I don't think most people even think about brushing their teeth. They just, before they go to bed, they walk in the bathroom, grab it. I mean, it's all happening. Yeah. And they're not making a decision to then go do it. The more of those actions that are going to be leading to that success that are just automatic that we don't have to think through, the more success we're going to have. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. Good points there. It's it's fun that goal setting, man. It's really fun, and I think you talked, you know, a lot about the journey, and it's really all about the journey. I mean, it's easy to set a goal and then beat yourself up about not achieving the goal, yep. but if you're just moving in the right direction, moving forward, you can kind of get better and better every single yep. year. So that's that's one of the I guess the last um, best practices that that has really impacted me over the last couple of years. I'm I'm a I'm a planner by nature. I want the whole picture. I want everything figured out before I can even start on something where, um, you know, Patrick, for example, is the polar opposite of that. He, I'm a ready, aim, ready, 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 aim, aim, <laughs> aim, ready, ready, aim. And then I finally fire where Patrick is ready, fire, aim type of a, of a mentality. And there's advantages and disadvantages to both, but the disadvantage to being that obsessive compulsive planner is I would look and say this is where I'm gonna be and then get pumped and this is everything and all these steps and it was so huge I never started yeah and I spent more time putting all the pieces together and never actually taking any steps toward accomplishing any of it so I had huge you know frameworks and designs and and plans all put together and then yeah, I would never I would never actually get started because I never felt I had the perfect vision of what it was going to be and so one of the things I really tried to overcome last year and this year was just setting, again, and that's kind of what led me to the input side of the goals, but just determining it, I don't have to have a fully laid out plan. I don't have to know all the pieces. I just have, have to have enough to start taking some action. And then the, the complete vision will come together as I, as I move through and, and you know we'll get there. So... We talk about getting the big picture and, and doing all that, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, it should be fluid. It should be changing. And as hard as that is for somebody like me, like when I set a goal, I I feel like it's now you know cast in stone. Where it really it really doesn't have to be. I went to a conference. So before I came to Paradigm Life in another life, right? I was in kind of a manufacturing mm -hmm. environment, and I went to a conference one year, and I that the speaker was a really motivational speaker. Um, the only thing I remember from, from what he would say is he said, ship it, right? So when you're creating a product, when you're doing anything, just do it, get it out there, ship the product. It doesn't matter if it's right. It doesn't matter if it's perfect. You ship it out there. You've done something. 
and then you can tinker with it and ship it again and, and make it a little bit, you know, those incremental improvements. But I think you're right. I mean, sometimes it's just about doing something, right, and, and shipping something and just creating something and then fixing it and improving it as it, as it goes. Yep. So whether it's, you know, the education that you want, you know, personal education or development you want to do uh, or, you know, whatever it is, don't fail. I got to get all this curriculum lined up or all the perfect pieces. Just just start somewhere. Yeah. And that'll lead you to the next one and the next one and the next one. And pretty soon you'll look back and, and you'll be amazed at, at what you end up accomplishing yeah um all right I think goals for those the those the best practices yeah Anything i think else? i think we hammered those out i mean and and like you said earlier this is no way a comprehensive system yeah. but this is what's worked for us and you know i think the fun part about goal setting is as you do it consistently year after year after year you can look back you know i can look back 10 years ago mm -hmm. and i can think man where was at 25 and uh, what have I done over the last 10 years? And it's amazing what you can accomplish over a big period of time by taking these small incremental steps. And sometimes these steps, they seem so difficult, but over the long run, you know, you're making that progress and yep. it's, it's all about improving your life. Yep. Okay. And as you can tell, like he said, it's not a comprehensive list. This isn't, you know, a, a very streamlined step one, two, three, or four. This is just a very casual conversation between what we went through in this, in this last year. So, Hopefully, it's been coherent and fluid enough to, to get something out of it. So I, th I think the last piece that we want to we want to tie this back into um, all things financial, which is what the wealth standard is all about. Um, and to do that, I don't know how commonplace this is, but maybe it should have been another best practice we talked about. But as we set goals, you and I we put them into five different categories or five different buckets, right? We've got physical, mental emotional, spiritual, and financial. Yeah. So we set goals in all of those areas. Some have more goals than others, depending on what we want to be working on, but we, ha we want to improve in those five areas. And I think where we can take the conversation from here is, I don't think anyone would, would say, we can't say that one of those areas is more important than another. Because, you know, for example, if I said, I'll write you a check for whatever amount you need to solve the financial one, if you'll give me one of your other areas. So you give me your mental health in exchange for financial well-being, of course there's no way anyone would do that. There's, we would not give up our, our social well-being, our mental well-being, or you know, our physical well-being for any of the other areas exclusively. So it's not that any is, is more important than another. But I think overwhelmingly the financial one is what gets the most attention or at least affects more directly all of the other areas or gets in the way maybe if that one's not at least at a basic level the other ones are, are can be more difficult to attain do you agree uh, absolutely in fact i was having a conversation just this last week uh with someone and we were talking about you know the art of goal setting and the act of goal setting and trying to set these bigger purpose goals but uh, this person felt like they always fell short on their other goals simply because of their financial goals took so much time, effort, and energy mm -hmm. to even try to get any type of success in the financial yeah. arena. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, a, a lot of times if we just think about our day, right, most people, they wake up, they go to work. Whether they like their job or not, they go to work and they spend the majority of their time at work working for money. Mm -hmm. And outside of their work, they have a financial plan because eventually they want to retire and maybe do some other things with life if we just break down yeah. the typical American life. So a great portion of, of a person's daily life 
is focused on the act of making money, creating money, growing money, protecting money, preserving money, you know, and everything in between. Yep. And, and all of the goals, a lot of the goals that we want to achieve, you're right, without being, I mean, and it doesn't even have to be money. You could rewind a thousand years. And if you didn't go and hunt and gather your daily amount of food, you couldn't then move on and do anything because that has to kind of be covered, covered first or our, um, it, it kind of fills that primal need, I guess, is for me why it's at the forefront of everybody's mind. We have to provide, we have to have that security now so that then our minds can go on to working on those other areas. Right. And it's not that you can't have peace in those other areas without being, you know, without money. You, you can, that's been proven. But for the average person, we spend so much time and energy. So why is it then that so that so many people are stressed or impacted negatively by their financial quadrant of their life? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. And we talk about that all the time, right, and what we do here. I, you know, I think so many people, um, they can control their work environment to a certain degree, right? And they can move up the, the corporate ladder. They can be a good business owner. They can be, you know, a, a great entrepreneur. Whatever they've chosen to do as their pro- profession, they can control that. But a lot of times what they can't control are the investment vehicles that they've chosen to pro- eventually provide them with more financial security, retirement, you know, whatever those vehicles mm-hmm. are designed to do for people. They choose vehicles that they're not in control of. And without that control, they're kind of on a roller coaster ride. It might be successful. It might not. They may, or, But they don't have a whole lot of control on the outcome of, of that. And so I, I think what we focus on is we focus on at the end of the day, there's no one else out there that's going to care about the success of an individual's financial plan more than that individual. Mm-hmm. And so control is an essential part of that, that piece. So you know, what we focus on helping people put themselves in a position where because they have control, they can use that control to create anything they want. And without that anxiety and the stress that goes mm-hmm. from not having control, that kind of gives them a little bit more time freedom, mental freedom, to maybe focus on some of the other areas of their life. Yeah, and any goal has that built into it. The goal means we can influence the outcome. Because if I set a goal that I have no control over, I mean, a goal of world peace, well, okay, no matter what I do, it's really not going to impact that at large. So we have to set goals around what we can control and achieve. And I think with finances, by a lot of the vehicles that are used or strategies that are used, the only thing that can be controlled is how much you save into it. But then the outcome, there's there's very, very little control or predictability or anything over that. So it, it you know, counteracts any, any benefit that a, a system would have if you cannot control those pieces of it. Exactly. And I think that's really, you know, with that control comes a great deal mm-hmm. of power, right? Mm-hmm. And with that power, you can wield that power and that control to create things. And that's I think that's where we come here, come in at Paradigm Life. We choose vehicles and we choose instruments that give the individual control, mm-hmm. and then we focus on the education, right? How they, Correct. you know, how they can use that education, how they can use that vehicle to create the financial abundance, the financial outcome that they're looking for. And then that's that was the question I was going to pose. You already answered it. Was what would be more important to add that control, the right set of vehicles or the proper amount of education? I mean, you can be in a race car, right? And if you don't know how to drive it, you're not going anywhere. anywhere. And it doesn't really matter that you're in a race car. So education is is trumps everything, right? That's where true control is. It's knowing what reality is, how the world really functions, and then being able to implement the strategies um, that will be functional. And that's why with all of our clients, we start with the education around finances, around how money really works, 
and and what you know how it all ought to be be put together so education is i think paramount so if you feel lack <clears throat> excuse me lacking in that control area make it a, make it a goal to increase your financial education um, we've got obviously tons of resources for that and that's why we make ourselves available on a one-on-one -on -one basis. We don't think that education can be completely, I mean, yes, you can get a lot of it out of book. Yes, you can read that, but that's meant to be very generalized. At some point, you need direct one-on-one -on -one for your situation, how this, how this applies. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest piece of education that's missing in the financial world. Almost all the financial education anybody gets is very, very generalized. And, and there's, no, there's no specific application to it. And we're one of the only groups I know that have been able to overcome that to an extent and be able to provide that one-on-one -on -one direction and, and, and advice and education. Yeah, you know, I, think, I think Robert Kiyosaki kind of sums up the American experience in the working and financial area. You know, go to school, get a good job, invest in your qualified plan, and it's all taken care of, right? right. And, you know, if you really break down your life, is that really what is, is, is it working out for you? And if not, come come to Paradigm Life, let us help you out. I think you and I are, are perfect examples. We both came to Paradigm mm -hmm. Life as clients first. Mm -hmm. We both sat in front of Patrick and went through the education. We both went through this whole process as individuals. Yep. And as we as I look back personally and look back at the financial difference that that's made in my life, it's huge. It's mm -hmm. huge to be able to have tools that that's, that work for you consistently to have the control and the education to start creating different results in your life. Yep. So what other pieces of your finances, you know, how, how else can we help people look at their goals differently, set them appropriately and have an impact more directly from a financial standpoint? Control you know, I think was the first one. Control the first one. I think it goes back to just the art of goal setting, right? What's the why? Where are you going? What is your individual goal? I mean, for each person that we talk mm -hmm. to, it's a little bit different. Some people are, are nearing retirement. And their why is to retire to, you know, go accomplish some of the bigger things in life that they may have may or may not have put off. Uh, so it's really working with the individual, finding out what it is they're trying to accomplish, the why behind it, and then setting up a clear and concise action plan to get them, you know, to bridge that gap from, you know, the Grand Canyon, where they're at today, what we need to do to get from A to B, and then the action steps to get there. And I think that's really you know, I find a lot of satisfaction in that, in, in knowing, you know, knowing what a clear plan is and then having the action steps to work consistently to it. Yeah. So I think, I think we can sum that up in saying having a plan. Yeah. I think most people with finances, that they don't have a plan. So even if you can control all of it, but you don't have a plan, you don't know what you are trying to influence and what variables there are to go into that, then it, all the control in the world isn't going to help. You know, I, I find that that kind of interesting, you know, as we talk to people a lot of times, you know, we talk about saving and saving and saving and people are putting X amount here and X amount there. And if we really break down, what is the purpose of saving? Why would you give up the use of your dollar today? What do you really want that dollar to do for you? And for most people, it's to generate a stream of income in the future. Mm -hmm. The tools that they're using, they have no idea what is a measure of success. Mm -hmm. Do you need to save a million dollars? Do you need to save two million, five hundred thousand? I mean, yep. because the tools are so ambiguous and vague, we're not really sure how that money translates to a stream of income. And, you know, we really can help break that down and show you, okay, if this is what you want, if this is the why, here, here, here's what you need to have and here's what you need to do to, to, to generate that. Yep. And, and I think the last thing that we can touch on for this, so we hit on um, getting a, a solid financial education and then adding to that the right type of 
vehicles that can give you the control. So those two things will give the right control. Setting up a plan that, I mean, obviously a plan entails the why, what you're trying to accomplish, and it starts defining what those steps are mm -hmm. to get there. And then I think the last thing is, is you do need, we talked about an accountability partner at the yeah. beginning. You need somebody that can take you through that process, hold you accountable, and make sure that you're on track. So those of you out there that have financial advisors, when was the last time you talked to them, right? Or, or you know, money is a tough thing to have, um, a, 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 you know, a financial accountability partner with. That's the other great thing about what we do here at Paradigm Life is we'll give you that plan. And <clears throat> by having that, you've got some built-in accountability to it. Now you know clearly what the steps are going to be, and you've got an advisor that can help help you stick with it yeah. and everybody needs a different level and a different amount of that but it will start you on that path having met with somebody one-on-one -on -one, individually assessed it owned the gap that you're trying to fill and then you've got a guide that will take you through that yeah. I think that's I think that was huge for me when I got started in this I knew that I wanted to invest in real estate I knew I wanted to start businesses I was still in college I, I had those bigger goals but I didn't have a plan. I, did, I, I couldn't figure out what those intermediary steps look like. And having Patrick as a, you know, sort of a mentor there getting me started with this process was, was huge. It was, it was, I mean, I had other mentors and things that helped as well, but knowing exactly how much money I was going to have, when it was going to be available, what I was going to do with it, allowed me to not focus on you know, worrying about, you know, do I have enough? Is it going to be there? What It allowed me to say, great, that's taken care of. And now I can move on to the the next piece of that. If I know the money is going to be there, if I know the accessibility is going to be there and I have consistently insert consistency and certainty around that, then it, then it led me to say, great, what's the opportunity? What's the step I'm going to take? Because then I didn't have to worry, you know, if, if it was going to be there or not. Yeah. It, it's kind of like window shopping. If you don't have any money, you're not going to find anything to buy. You're just going to be looking and you're never really going to engage. But if you've got the resources teed up and you have the control over them, you can, you will find and see those opportunities to, to really be able to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about education, the power of that. I think all of the tools and the resources that we're consistently putting out there and putting together, it's to really help people achieve their financial goals, to know what you know, we, we help people understand what the instrument is, but then it's more just as important knowing how to use that instrument, use that vehicle to accomplish their why, their goal. Yep. It's pretty pretty exciting. And it's it's really kind of to speak to the idea of the the feeling of freedom that having a plan can bring to you in the other areas. When we see it with client after client, especially those clients that are that are closer to retirement. Um, once we get this plan set up and implemented, I've we've got dozens and dozens and dozens of people that have come back and said, man, once I had that figured out, knew what I was in control of, had the education around it, I started to see this change and this impact over here in my family life, in my personal life. And I've even had, you know, with their physical health has changed because they weren't so stressed and consumed and worried about this financial piece. Yeah. So it's not just, and you know, we, I did a podcast on this a couple months ago. It's not, it's not all about the financial. Um, that's not the only piece of true and lasting wealth and happiness, but getting some control around that, getting some clarity and a plan around it will then allow us to focus our minds to move to, to the other pieces that we want to see influence on. 
because without it, with that chaos and uncertainty, your mind's going to just be stuck in that, that negativity. It just, it just won't, you won't be able to get the results. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I think all of those elements that we kind of just, that we talked about in the beginning, the spiritual, the physical, the financial, all of that, mm-hmm. they're not individual elements in and of themselves. Right. They all bleed, they all interconnect, they all bleed together, and uh, success or lack thereof in one area will definitely impact all of the other areas. And so, you know, I, that, that's that's one of the benefits of having this financial plan put together is so many people spend so much of their time, effort, and energy trying to figure that area out that it limits their their ability to focus on some of the other areas of their life. And this will give them some of that time freedom back, some of that economic certainty back mm-hmm. to where now their mind is freed up to start thinking about other purposes in life. Yep. Well, I think we'll uh, call it good for there. Okay. Any, any last words, anything else to follow up with? You know, guys, have a great 2015. It's exciting to start a new year. It's January 7th. You've got a whole year ahead of you. What will you accomplish? Let us help you accomplish some of your financial goals and uh, glad to take the time with you today. It was fun. Yep. I echo that same thing. Get out there. It's a new year full of opportunity. Amazing things are going to happen and you're in control of that. The only person that's going to determine your success is you. No one else, no other external factor you can be in control of all of that. So go out, set the goals, crush it. And if there's any, any way we can help or be part of that, let us know and we're happy to do it. Great. Okay. Well, that ends the, the, the uh, radio show for today. Thanks for listening and join us next week. Thanks for joining us on the Wealth Standard Radio, your gold standard in everything financial. 